like this whole thing that you get to do, this experience of life and everything, it's half done. You know, we can stack the cards in our favor, but let's actually look at it and say that's possible because it is. And if so, what are we fucking doing with our life? Are we going through this sales job that's good enough to make some money to go to the beach every fucking year and hang out with people I'm not that interested in do the same shit? Or do I want experience in life that I'm eventually trying to buy my way into? from this job. Hey guys, if you missed out on the last conference in Nashville, Tennessee, you don't want to miss out on the next one. It's April 28th through May 3rd, Orlando, Florida, the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center. You made a mistake missing the last one. You don't want that to happen again on this one. Five days of some of the best training you're ever going to experience packed into one event. We have an early bird special right now, $50 off. Use 24 early bird on our website, streetcop.com. Look for the conference, click the link, register today. If you want to get significantly better at this profession in five days, don't dare miss out on the 2024 Street Cop Conference. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Bino. And we're lucky enough to have Matt Vincent with us today. Matt is a entrepreneur, motivational speaker, mindset coach, founder of the Not Dead Yet, former Highland Games world champ, used to be 270, now at a lean 215, gorgeous when he's naked, Matt Vincent. Welcome, man. Thank you for having me. Dude, this is great, man. So, like, do you look that good when you're naked or... I try. It looks uh, better than it used to. I mean, at my biggest, I was probably like 318, so... Whoa! Yeah, so it definitely looks a little bit better now. I got some got some extra skin that hangs here and there, but what are you going to do? It's a receipt. No. Today, I was asked, uh, so um, kids are off to camp. It's the summer. So their mother says to me, um, something he did. She goes, he wants to do this. I go, oh, okay. My, they went to the store yesterday. My, I wear Under Armour boxer briefs. Gotcha. I just do. That's what I wear. I got, I'm, I'm a little thick. You know what I'm saying? So those are really nice. They make it. They're made for a guy with a little bit of thickness on a, on a, on a rear sure. end. You know, what I mean, I got a little. I got a little plumpy. Uh, I got, you know, I got, I got some. I got some lovely lady lumps. Excellent. So she said, "Look what your son picked out yesterday." She goes, "It's too big. He can't wear them." And I, it, they're Under Armour boxer briefs for kids. I say, "Like he wants to be like his father." She goes, "Yeah, I know. Maybe his father should uh, not just wear his underwear and weightlifting gloves in the basement here when he's working out." And I said. I work out that way so I can see what I look like in the mirror and hold myself accountable. That's I mean, all I'm just I do. Trying to, I'm trying to keep a minimal dent in the laundry I've got to do. I'm so fucking sweaty and gross that like if I train in just silkies, it's way less laundry I've got to do every week. Yeah. Well, I do have a, I, you know, I've said this a thousand times. I have a gym in my basement and it's, I'm very fortunate at that. And I, I use it more than I use anything I've ever bought. And you know, but the, the bottom line is like, sometimes I'm down there and I'm like, looking at myself, I'm like, hold on, let me take this, this shirt off. And I like strip down to work out because I want to know what it looks like. So I can say to myself, if you think you're even close to being where you want to be, you're out of your mind. And number two, you know what? Take that pin and put it down one more notch and lift this shit because that's where the growth is. If you'd like to not look like that and look more like this? Or do you like the way you look? Now, you see those veins? You never saw those before. You know why you got those? Is because your ass didn't puss out last time. You fucking put that extra plate on. So put the fucking extra plate on. Stop being a little girl and fucking put that plate on. Crazy thing is, that's my inner voice. That's my outer voice to all my children. I'm like, stop being a bitch. 
Stop being a bitch. Right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I kind of grew up around pretty similar household. You know, I'm that sure work that's... out for you. Are you happy for that? You know, man, it would be tough, right? Like, um, not gonna have kids, so I won't get to run the experiment a second time. Um, but thinking about it, right? Like, there was definitely strict discipline in the house as far as like you know, if I knew I stepped over the line, there was the belt. There was, you know, yeah. So there's or, none of that in my house at all. Yeah. Right. Like, there's so just so we're clear, I'm I'm completely against having to hit kids. Nobody on earth needs to hit a kid to get them to fucking listen. I promise you that. Oh man, I was an interesting kid. Um, <laughs> you, dude, uh, honestly, you didn't have to be hit to fall in line. You could have been talked to. It could have been reasoned with. Very, very possible, right? Very, very. I guarantee. Possible. I, I guarantee However, it. You know, I didn't have just that side of the coin. I had the complete opposite side of the coin too. Both from the same parent, both from my father, like was also as a disciplinarian, but I also felt very loved, very seen, very acknowledged, all those type of things. You know, he was very backing. I was, I was aware of there were consequences for my actions. And if I decided to take actions over that line, the consequences would be X. There are plenty of times I stepped over that line, knowing what the consequences were going to be anyway. Um, and man, I like who I am. And I don't think I get to change any of the things in my past and still get to be who I am. You know, what I got to see is I have discipline when it comes to sports. I have the ability to delay gratification. I have the ability to hold myself to a standard. You know, I've got all of these things and I've got the ability of the confidence, right? Like that came from accomplishing things. So for me, it worked out well. My brother's also great. Um, do I accomplishing think things when they were hard to accomplish? Nah. Are we talking about like accomplishing things when they were hard to accomplish? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Delayed gratification, being able to work toward goals, all that. I mean, delayed gratification is one thing, but like the actual work that gets put into accomplishing something significant or meaningful in your life. Delayed gratification, I think, is an ingredient in that, but I think mm -hmm. that's the discipline of like not quitting when it got hard. I think this whole mixture this whole cocktail of things to reach accomplishment and achievement right that yeah we pointed at a goal and we're going to go toward that it didn't really matter how we felt about it in the moment so i know i did a small introduction of you but tell us who you are yeah so i'm matt vincent uh i'm a former highland games world champion um i got in some strength sports after college and uh ended up doing the highland games loved it and ended up winning a couple world championships. And then at the end of 2016, I finished uh, second in the world and um, needed to replace an ACL. And Check. that didn't quite go as planned. Um, spent the next three and a half years in nine surgeries and finally a total knee replacement. So kind of the sport thing went away in a moment um, from being very good at a thing to now not being, not just able to not compete, but you're not able to really do anything like uh, about 200 yards a day was all I could really manage walking. I was traveling with a cane, you know, going from being second best in the world to feeling like a crippled took some uh, identity shaking. And so got through that and I've kind of pivoted everything toward my brand and my life, creating this world I want to be in and being the healthiest version of me I can be, you know, and instead of the bitterness and, sadness i had at one time regarding my sport and losing it the mindset shifted to gratitude around it even for the injury 
I mean, man, nobody gets the chance to line up what they love to do, what they're obsessed to do. And it respond in a way that got me to be best in the world. Like that shit's not permanent. That's not something I'm going to get to do for 20 fucking years. So like, I'm excited that it worked at all. I can't believe I got that time. So now what's next? Either sit here and piss and moan about what happened in chapter fucking three or start writing the rest of the story. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm really focused on these years ahead of me and what else I can accomplish. I've already learned the recipe to accomplishing what I want. So now let's set the sights on, on other bigger projects. So the thing that you thought was the worst thing that ever happened to you ended up quite possibly being quite possibly being the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, for sure. That's strange. Yeah, it happens a lot, right? Like that brush with mortality is an interesting one for people. And whether that's actual mortality or it's death of ego, death of an identity, any of these type of things, like there's still this big loss that you've got to go through. Yeah, I knew I wouldn't compete forever because I like even when I was competing and podcasting and creating content around that, I, I remember saying and still feeling it like, man, my PRs from this sport aren't going to end up on my fucking tombstone. Like how far I throw a rock in a field this week isn't going to make the long list of rad things I hope to do in my life. Becoming a world champion's really rad. And I'm super proud of it. Um, but it was, it was losing the ability to be an athlete, you know, and looking back and reflecting on that, that how much of my confidence and how much of my self-awareness and how much of my ability to get shit done stemmed from the fact that this machine has been awesome from the luck of getting dropped into it. It has responded. It, it's, it's athletic. It moves well. And that's what really built a lot of who I am. And when that got taken away, it was a really different experience of like, oh, shit, I'm not going to be able to do the running. I'm not going to be able to train the way I want to. I can't go on adventures. And it got dark. I got really scared of it. Um, I don't know how that progresses if I don't sort my way out. Well, I do. I know that if I don't sort my way out of that, I'm not riding the fucking length of this life out feeling that way. I don't know when I would have lost that battle, but at some point I would have and fucking killed myself. Mm. So it got dark. Yeah. Yeah. And so at that point, right? Like if I know that that's what happens if I don't solve this problem of getting out of pain and sorting my fucking mindset out around all this, if that's the outcome, then there's no risk anymore to trying everything I possibly can. Was there a specific moment in your darkness that was the paradigm shift? to kick you in gear and get the ball, start rolling towards what the next chapter in your life is. Um, just a moment. Was there a moment? Was there something where you're just like, you're laying on the beach in Tahiti and a bird shits on your face. And then you're like, that's it. I'm fucking done with this. Life. Like, you know, so a lot of people do have sure. those moments. I have a lot of those moments. Yeah. You know, so I, I was journaling like through the process of this knee surgery, I've been doing YouTube content for a while. And so my plan was, was like, all right, cool. Knee surgery. I'll, Dom, you know, I'm going to take care of showing what rehab of this looks like, and I'm going to take a year off, and then I'm going to be back, and I'm going to win another world championship. This is what we're doing. And I didn't go that way. And during that process, I'm still documenting all of it because I'd started. And so it's another surgery and another surgery and another surgery, and then realizing that, like, it's not recovering anymore. Like, it would, I'd get out of the post-surgical stuff, and then it stopped getting better. Um. And I remember journaling through that 
process and one of the days writing that like oh we're never competing again like i remember it like i remember the switch and it wasn't like oh the light at the end of the tunnel we're getting back to this sport like yo man you need to get back to walking like fuck competing you got bigger things to fucking deal with and like at that moment it shifted a ton and there's a handful of things that happened in kind of that time period um this would have been the end of 2016 i got fired from my regular career in march of 2017 i'd been doing outside sales in the oil and gas industry for about 10 years but i had already started building my own company and thing on the side so had options but i hadn't dove 100 percent in yet um lost my father in 2014 uh to pancreatic cancer Oof. and that was a big shift um was the real so my, my father passed away from pancreatic cancer uh the day before my birthday i turned 31 and he had died at 62. and so very clearly I, all i could think was man the ride's half over like this whole thing that you get to do this experience of life and everything it's half done you know we can stack the cards in our favor but let's actually look at it and say that's possible because it is and if so what are we fucking doing with our life are we going through this sales job that's good enough to make some money to go to the beach every fucking year and hang out with people I'm not that interested in do the same shit? Or do I want experience in life that I'm eventually trying to buy my way into from this job? It just made more sense to go all in. I mean, what's the risk, man? I can go get a job. I'm employable. And so, you know, I broke things down and I've got a jar of marbles here behind me and, uh, looked at 31 years of what my future holds It's 1612 weeks and so all my dreams all my things like every all the adventures everything i want to see has to be done in the next 1612 weeks i'm on i'm on the clock pay attention be present be intentional with your time mm. and uh i mean i'm 1133 weeks to go you know you said before you could be halfway there. You could be 98% of the way there. Absolutely could. There's no 100% chance I get home today. That's not how it works. Driving in a car isn't 100% safe. What does somebody do? And this is a thought for our listeners, both sides of the podcast. What would you do if you were told you had a week, two weeks, or a month left to live? How would you change the way you're living? Would you be watching Netflix? Right. Would you be dicking off drinking at a bar? Would you be, what would you be doing? And why aren't you living that way? So I'll, I'll, I'll take your answer on what you would be doing. But that was first ones to get the mind to think a little bit and yeah. to stop counting the fact that you're going to be here for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Forever. Because you may be here for about three more days. Yeah. The question is, if you knew that, what would you be doing? What is your answer to that? No, this. There you go. That's exactly right. I, I, I fucking love what I get to do. I get to communicate with people. I get to share ideas. I get to create for a living and I get to travel. This is all I've ever wanted. People have to ask themselves that question as well. And people would have, if you would have said to me, what would I have done? That was actually my answer as well. Obviously, different answers because we have different lives, but... Yeah, right. Exactly what I'm doing now. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking doing it. You know, that doesn't mean I had my feet up on the fucking beach and vacation. That doesn't set my fire, man. It's a day. That's a moment. I'm fucking bored quick. I like creating. I like challenging myself. And whether that's going to be really in any realm. I mean, I think if I want to create adaptation, right? Like if I want to be the strongest, my, my physical being is capable of being. I have to challenge it so that it creates adaptation to reach that max potential. And it's only through that stress that it'll adapt and become that. So why would revealing any of our other max potential not require the same type of effort? I want to reveal that I had one recently where for the first time ever at 41 and a half, I traveled to Greece, went to Mykonos. Okay. And I had a revelation when I was there. and I thought to myself, fuck, dude. Now, I'm not trying to sound like a first world problem entitled little son of a bitch. But I said, this is my first time that I've gone this far to see this thing. At 41 and a half, I'm way behind the eight ball on this. And I thought to myself, I wasn't somebody who was interested in traveling. But boy, am I glad I'm going to get to say at the end that I actually came here and saw this. Yeah. So I think that's a big one for people that they really should consider what that means. And I've seen a lot of the country. The one thing that's unfortunate about the United States of America is it does get very monotonous where you go to a complete 180 in a different, like that 6,000 miles away. It's a complete 180 of what life looks like there. I mean, and that was Miami the experience is wildly fucking different than Portland. And especially once you get any type of rural around Mount Hood or you're in the Everglades, right? Like the U.S. is an incredible fucking landscape of variety and diversity. It's it's incredible. And I see why people don't end up ever leaving. Right. Agreed. It's just However, not the same anywhere else. I will say that suburbia almost looks identical everywhere. Where yeah, that's there, everywhere you go, there's a Target, there's a Home Depot, a Walmart, and a TJ Maxx. Yep. And you could close your eyes in Merrillville, Indiana, and open them on Route 1 southbound in Edison, New Jersey, and you think you're in the same place. No, but it's a bummer to me, but that's clearly what we want. Correct. Right. We do want this high level of conformity and homogenization to where every city looks exactly the fucking same. I'm not they, that interested in it. Me neither. And so the things you're naming are very unique in and of itself. But essentially, I think the point that I was trying to drive is, it is very 180, where I think you'd find similar feelings in like Nashville and Miami in some sense of maybe the same American feeling sentiment of the party and this and that. Yeah. And like, but you go to like to Greece to see, dude, you know what's so crazy? Here's, here's something about Greece people don't know. Dude, the bathrooms are immaculate. Mm -hmm. I've noticed like, that's most anywhere in the world. I mean, I've been to places where they're not, but they're kind of expected to be not. Um, do they have people working in the bathrooms? Like nobody just comes in, cleans it every two hours and goes, literally their job oh, is they like live in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, I got not. Here's an even crazier one, dude. Not just once, but on several occasions, I'm urinating in a toilet because that's what they're called toilet this way in, in Greece. And like some 60 year old woman comes in like it's nothing as I'm standing there with my sozichi laying out into the goddamn fucking urinal and just mm -hmm. like starts cleaning like and I'm like getting there like. They look at us like, what are you doing? Where are you going? I'm like, I can't fucking piss with the, like my grandmother behind me. This is weird. 
Well, it's weird, right? So then that fully admits that that whole feeling you have is is programmed socially from our society. Sure. That's you know, it's saying. not a That's... rule that we have to feel a certain way around. Right. And I like I notice those traveling. Do you notice those type of things like those little like, ah, we don't have to do shit that way? Yes. And I think they see it are in the same way on our side as well. Of course. But, you know, I I was surprised to see how much like tobacco use is still very, very much a thing in Greece. Like literally everybody is smoking. Everybody yeah. smokes like nonstop. Yeah, but they're not fat, are they? They're not fat because I think that they're also in a very shitty economic state. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that I think, you know, I think we're all a little, a little comfortable here and a little non-grateful. And yeah. I think that we need to start feeling a little more grateful to appreciate what you have because uh, almost everybody else in this world wants it. Yep. Yeah. You know, man, I, I don't know if your experience traveling to, to Greece, but I mean, for people that don't have the abundance that we have, the places I've been, I don't find those people to be miserable and as depressed and sad and alone as we are. Think about this. You have to employ discipline to avoid abundance here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're really there, fucking have... bad at it, man. Oh, well, just look around. And that may just be as a species. I don't know anywhere that's done it really well when you have that level of an abundance. I mean, it's got to be a really tough thing to turn off with a couple, oh shit, hundreds of thousands of years of fire. You know, we've been starving, basically. Right. Well, I guess that depends on where you land, right? Like, fuck, man, the Egyptians were around for 6,000 years. They probably had things figured out for a really long time. They're not starving. They have and they're in, And they're in a place that's an arid landscape with well, almost no life. It wasn't then. You know, the difference where the Nile was or whatever else, but. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Totally different life, right? Like where the focus and energy and what people put put value on. And as a country, man, we we love maximizing profits and more. More is the fucking answer. Yeah. You know how fucking crazy it is? We have storage units. You have shit that you don't need. So you just pile it up somewhere else in like a random garage across town. You fucking get rid of it. It's amazing. Incredible. I guess that probably goes back to the psychology of fight or flight as well, right? It's got to be some deep-rooted shit that while you're holding on to this stuff. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I, I try not to. I really, I don't have much of a sentimental connection to things. Um, I don't either. No, I'd rather, because at some point then I own them, right? Like then I'm dragging all this bullshit through chapters and chapters of my life. I have to move this. I mean, how many people have a box of stuff that they've moved more than once that they've never opened? You know, just go put it in the fucking dumpster. Or give it away, right? Like somebody sure, else could use like, it. If it's your old high school yearbooks, just go recycle it. I mean, if you have an emotional attachment to your middle school yearbook, it's going to be tough letting go of stuff that's harder than that. I hear something crazy, dude. I have a lot of possessions, and you know, we're not talking about human beings here because I have a lot, obviously, tremendous admiration for my children and my life and my family. Mm, about two years ago, I discovered a green tin box, and inside that tin box 
was reel-to-reel videos of my family from the 50s and then the 60s and then the 70s, right? That wasn't the gift. That was the gift that I put together for my father and his brother for my father's 70th birthday. I had them all converted and then on a projector in my backyard on a big screen in the summer, we sat out there and watched the movies uh, while we cooked and they just, it was like really a moment for them, which was wonderful as a gift to them. But my grandmother had cataloged a small green book in her distinct handwriting. And dude, I had such a connect, like I had such admiration for my grandmother. I miss her tremendously. And I, I would actually argue that I'll be, uh, all my cousins do miss my grandmother. I believe my cousin Stephanie and, and, and I had a very unique connection with her. Mm-hmm. And I'll just add one more thing on this. So when I found this thing, dude, I like, to me, it was like finding gold. It means so much to me to just see her handwriting because it makes her feel like the human she was. And her handwriting was very distinct, very legible, but very, very beautiful script. Um, and for my cousin's wedding, uh, the mother of my children, um, my wife actually, we found my grandmother's recipes and she had them laser engraved onto a cutting board for my cousin. And it may have been like 30 or 40 bucks, but I knew that when she got to be the best gift she ever got because of how we feel about my grandmother. Yeah, I love that. And she said this to this day, it is the best gift she's ever got because what that woman meant to us, I can't even ever explain to anybody because everybody, I think, pretty much loves their grandma. And we're just comparing like, again, you know, whose grandma's more awesome. Sure. What she, what she was to us was... And what she is to me as I, as she, as I continue to grow older is a human being that any of us would have had a pleasure to know and is just very special. And the world lost uh, one of the best souls ever the day that woman passed away. And I have extreme guilt uh, around it that I've, you know, come to terms with, but, and I try to remind people to be a good message for everybody. Like, don't start thinking because your grandmother's 20 or 30 or 40 minutes away that it's a burden to go visit her or your grandfather or some other family members. When I, when we get visits from like my wife's family, her grandparents live in like North Carolina and I try to tell her, I'm like, Hey, your grandfather's 80 going on 81. And, you know, we see them once a year, maybe twice if we're lucky. Yep. You have seven visits left. You have 11, vi- you have 11 visits left. Yeah. Is that enough? You know, and, and the answer is it's not because you're going to regret it. Uh, we have a girl who works here. Her grandmother, I saw a video of her grandmother. Her grandmother reminded me of my grandmother. I go, how much you guys love your grandmother? She goes, oh, she's the best. She's very funny. I, I like watched this video. She's very comical. I said, Caitlin, go spend as much time with her as you possibly can. Like, God, shame on you if you're watching Netflix and not spending time with your grandma. I'm telling you, you're never going to get the opportunity to get this again. Don't take it for granted. Yeah, especially if you can actually have a relationship with them, right? Like something where you can talk to each other like people and not as grandson, granddaughter, grandparent. Right. And be able to actually talk to someone who survived through this different chapter of life that you won't have any real concept of, whether that's the end of World War II and coming out of that and what civil rights or any of these other great moments in the history that we didn't get to, I didn't get to experience, you know? No, I man... I'm with you. Look, I keep track of the fucking weeks I have left. 
I damn sure know, you know, I had my mom on the podcast, um, a couple weeks ago and she's 70. You know, I got probably 20 or 30 more times. I'll probably see her. Does your mother not live near you? No, nah, she's about 10 hours from me. Um, you could always see her via technology. Uh, of course, of course, but it isn't the same. I understand. Yeah, it's great, right? But like, we're not quite there yet. We're doing great on the technology front. But even say this, right? Like, this is so much better than it was us just trying to do a Zoom podcast a few years ago without video. But we're not making eye contact. And like, there's something lost there. There's no question about it. There's It's more magical here, but the reality is, is I can't hold back the magic or I at least need a diluted version of it to deliver the value that we need to deliver. Everybody's just too far apart. It's like, dude, I mean, you know, if you think about this, you meet somebody, live, uh, I, I just had this conversation with somebody. The idea that if you met somebody who lives in a different city than you, like, so for example, I'm in New Jersey, somebody lives in Chicago, correct, right? Mm-hmm. And so on the surface, most people would say, well, that's never going to work. And I would say, well, if you met somebody who lives two hours south of here, maybe in Delaware, right? From in <laughs> Jersey, where, where are you at? Where do you live? St. Louis. Okay. So if I met somebody in Delaware who lives two hours south, is a two-hour car ride such a burden that if you met somebody you were really in love with, it would just be too much to make it work? And they say no. And I go, then what's the difference between a two-hour plane ride and a two-hour car ride? And it could be the expense, yeah, but- you know what I mean? Like you figure it out. So where does your mm-hmm. mother live? So she lives in Sulphur, Louisiana, where I grew up. So it's a 10 hour car ride. Mm-hmm. How long of a plane ride is it? Probably two hour flight to Houston and then a two hour drive. So essentially she's about a five hour. Yeah. Yeah. And so I put her on planes and she comes here on a pretty regular basis. That's cool. I mean, you know, for me, those things aren't, like, dude, I just had a conversation with my barber earlier. If you can tell, I got real fresh today. Um, and I said, you know, I Andrew. Know. I just assume you're always sharp. Once a week, brother. You know what I mean? I got, I'm on film. I got I to gotta, I gotta be looking fucking correct. And I said, you know, Andrew, because we're talking about, like, how the dynamic of the New Jersey nightlife has changed. It just has. Things are what they used to be. And I said, what do you think it is? And he said, you know, it could be the economy. I said, well, it could be a lot of factors. I don't know. But certainly know that. Things have changed. It's not what it once was. I don't know what it is, but certainly there's a reason. I don't think it has a, a solid explanation. We just have hypotheses or hypotheses of what actually happened here. I said, but dude, like what's so difficult about grabbing a fucking plane, shooting out to Nashville? Like United flies out from Newark, I don't know, three, four times a day. Sometimes these things are so cheap. It's $150 round trip. I get, but you, you know, you and I live in a different you know, financial bracket. It's not something you're going to fly private. But why can't you grab a plane at nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and go out Saturday night in Nashville and come back Sunday afternoon? What's stopping yeah, us from I that? Don't, I don't know why people don't do it. Because I mean, other than routine and autopilot and people fucking just love being on it. Love being on autopilot, man. Do the same shit every day. I don't think people see the actual barriers. I think they just, in their mind, see the barriers that other people see. My cousin moved from Florida to Washington State. Mm-hmm. And he laughed. He's a smart guy. And my family was losing their shit. We're in Jersey. He's okay. in Florida. And he said, dude, 
First of all, nobody's come here yet to see me. He goes, number right. two, I went from a two-hour plane ride to a four-hour plane ride or a five-hour plane ride. He goes, yeah, isn't that big difference. of a deal? And he goes, and nobody's going to come here anyway. So what's the difference? Bro, I got family that lives 20 minutes away from me that I, don't, I see twice a year. You know, so like we all play this game like, oh, you're so, are you? Like, are you checking your calendar every day and how you're spending your time? When I hear a two or three hour drive, I'm like, no, I, I didn't actually just realize till recently that Montreal is like a five and a half hour drive from us. I'm like, Montreal's five and a half hours? I didn't even, I didn't know this. And my first thought was, I'm going to fucking Montreal. Yeah, I haven't like, spent any time there. Toronto's rad. Dude, I'm going. Like, I'm like, I'm going this summer. I'm gonna just, how's it gonna go? Um, what do you want to do Friday night? I don't know. You want to fucking jump in the car at like nine? We'll get there at like two. And go fucking figure it out. We'll go out to dinner, hang out, and we'll shoot back the next day. Like, like, why is that such a burden to people? And for me, you know, I know you're an entrepreneur. I mean, I get in the car and I'm like, cool, it's time to knock down a book. I'll bring, if I have other people in the car with me, I'll bring AirPods. Not AirPods. I have like the, uh, the, the, uh, dog, the Beats, uh, like noise cancelers. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just going to knock out a book on the way up there and on yeah, the way I back. I mean, look, if we're having conversation and we're road tripping or doing any of that, but... It, you know, that's a different environment than if we're, I'm getting to a place, you know, if I'm on flights or any of that now, that's time that I, I, I read, I plow through books, take notes and do anything else, man. I'm not disturbed. It's fucking great. Same way. I love road tripping. I like driving. I love being able to slow my, slow down my schedule to, I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. Let's figure that problem out. Where do we want to eat? That's the next problem. I don't have to think about the six-month thing. I get my brain some time to deload and use the travel. Hey, guys, follow us on all social media platforms to include Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. We have so much information going on every single day, and we don't want you to miss out on any of that stuff. So check it out. Go give us a follow. Why is 45 minutes of travel such a burden for people, you know? Yeah. People, don't people, I, I, think, I think a big chunk of it, man, is that autopilot. Is just that... Well, I didn't think about it. I just do this every day. I go to work. I get up. I go to work. I come home. Maybe I go to the gym. Maybe I come back home, eat some food, lay in bed, watch TV, go to sleep. And fucking 20 years disappears on you. Dude, it's crazy. And I got to tell you, it? maybe some advice on this one also is like, don't let 45 minutes dissuade you from going somewhere and enjoying something very special. Don't miss a fucking party because it's an hour and a half away. No, man, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I've gotten a chance to travel all over the world i've i flew to dubai a few years ago to watch a friend have a boxing match i sick got to go whitewater rafting in africa and a bunch of other fun shit like man i i'm jumping on a flight if there's an adventure or a time to be had i'm going we were talking about before i got to take a short trip and go hang out with my buddy this week uh this weekend and um they're like oh i didn't know you're going there and i'm like yeah dude like think about what we're talking about here. I got to drive to Newark airports, 40, 40 minutes away from me. I have TSA and, and I also have clear. Yeah. I'm going to park my truck. I'm only staying for a night. This is one of these things where I'm just like, I'm just coming. And I am going to throw a backpack on, walk up through the airport. This is going to only have about 15 minutes before, before my flight boards. I also know the airports. I travel a lot, so I don't have to like wonder what the friction is going to be. I understand exactly what it is. And I also understand that like, 15 minutes before you go in, that's crazy. Is it? Because I, first of all, I have all the friction kind of taken care of with the TSA pre-check. It's predictable, right? Like, 
Every once in a while, I've over I've overshot the pre-check line before and been like, ah, oh, why is there a line over here? Fuck. But dude, don't forget, like, just because you're playing boards at eleven twenty nine, which it will this week, uh, doesn't mean the door is closed at eleven twenty nine. You're still got a 15, 20 minute buffer there. So, sure. uh, you know, I don't really try to. I don't play with that fucking buffer. I just know it's there. I don't fuck with it too much. But dude, I'm telling you, I'm pulling up to that. Is that playing boards at, at eleven twenty nine? I'm telling you, pull up to the airport at like eleven ten. I'm not fucking with you. Look, man, for me, as much as I've traveled at this point, there's nothing I hate more than avoidable panic. Like, I don't want oh, to yeah. run through an airport. Yeah, I, but I know, dude, listen, I got to be honest with you. First of all, I know this airport super well. Oh, look, St. Louis is the same way. It's a joke. Like, I'm at my number two, seven or eight minutes. I'm going to Chicago, and literally, there's probably 22 flights a day from Newark to Chicago. So if I miss it, I know there's one 40 minutes after that that I can get on. And I know United well enough. I'm a 1K member that I can just transfer that shit over. Now, what I won't do is be this cocky with a, like, there's one flight a day here. And the next one's not for another 10 hours or 20 hours or there's a connecting flight. Then I'm playing a little more cautious. But for this one, like, what's the worst that could happen, dude? I got to catch the next fucking flight, you know? In, in, in 40 minutes yeah, where I'm actually working on my phone or reading a book and getting ahead. I'm not just sitting there catching Netflix or drinking beers. So like being as busy as you are. And I, I mean, forgive me for not having a ton of information on your background. How long did no you work as a street cop? I, I guess just as a beat cop as a. That's pretty funny, dude. That like, yeah, <laughs> for lack of fucking, not knowing yeah, the proper terms. Yeah. yeah the name, name of the company street cop. So yeah, yeah. maybe reflects it. Uh, I'll just explain a little bit about the, the street cop name. I really wanted something. It wasn't originally street cop. It's called NJ criminal interdiction in my One of early entrepreneur the days. A little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I said to myself, I knew I had to change the name and I wanted to do it earlier enough, uh, early enough. So that it didn't have significant impact. And even though there was 5,000 email contacts, I knew one day we'd have 5 million email contacts. It'd be more difficult to change around. Uh, and I spent time on it because I knew it was a big move. And I knew, one, I had to find a logo that would be appropriate, very universal and represent us appropriately, and not be too gimmicky, but have a professional feel mm. to it. But two, something that could go on shirts, but also can go on like very professional books, and uh, but certainly marketable. And that's where I came to it. And the only reason it was called Street Cop Training to start was because streetcop.com, which I now own, was 5,000 bucks and I didn't have the money. Sure. So I wanted to call it Street Cop. Now it's become Street Cop. We've licensed Street Cop. We have copyrights on Street Cop and Street Cop training. I don't really have to enforce it. There's another company that teaches a class on it. People are like, hey, they're teaching this class called Street Cop. I'm like, listen, I don't need to enforce on this poor fucking soul. Best of luck, man. Yeah, like, like, dude, let him call it Street Cop. It has, I don't think he's doing it to try to, you know, ride our tail, tailwinds. I don't think that's the case. I'm not going to fuck with this guy. It's not necessary. You know, they're not trying to plagiarize the entire thing. It's just the name of his class. So I don't give yeah. a shit. And so uh, 14 years I did before I ultimately uh, retired on a, on a, a on an injury. Uh, so, and, you know, dude, like, in all humil with all humility, I'm, I'm still very green. Uh, yes, we've had significant progression. We're a very large company in the sense of where we've gone from now to five years for as much time as I have in the field as an entrepreneur, quote, unquote. We've had a lot of progression, and I will chalk that up to my constant education and self-discipline, albeit I don't find it to be 
where I'd like to be. I'm always angry. I'm not like, I'm also, I'm happy with myself, but I'm yeah, also like, both. yeah, you can be like, I'm also like, yeah, yeah, you can I'm do very better. happy with where I'm at, but I would, I'm trying to grow more. I'm not trying to fucking hold the line, man. I get pissed. Like last night, dude, I had a fucking, uh, we had a, we had a mediation that I was in. It was fucking whatever. Mediation's not fun. Uh, <laughs> not when you get, not when you're the guy fucking getting his balls kicked in. And, and especially on, on the, on the circumstances that we were there for. Uh, and dude, afterwards I, I got dinner at a place and brought it home and did it. it. When I was there, I saw a big bucket of chocolate chip cookies for the kids. I went, ah, my kids are, I brought home. I ate three of them motherfuckers. Hell yeah. Yeah. So at the, yeah, hell yeah. But like, then I'm like, why you didn't have to do that. You're supposed to be this disciplined guy. Why'd you do that? You know? And then today I'm waking up. I again, working out with no shirt on. I'm like, yeah, you're still a little jiggly. I'm like turning around. I'm seeing a little crease and I'm like, so you get fat. So like you want to fucking sure. I mean, look, right. Right. That depends on, depends on the goal. Like is if being ultimately lean is what that reflects to you right on, then fuck. fuck yeah. Yeah. That's cookies. exactly what it means. Yeah. Um, no, man, I, I just, yeah, I just look at it a little different. Like there's part of it with the cookies or any of that, that, you know, if I'm making that choice, it's my life. I understand the repercussions of it. I get the consequences. Am I not as lean as some, as I could be probably, but also if I got hit by a fucking bus tomorrow, I'd be glad that I had those cookies, especially depending on if they're cookies for the right circumstance. I'm not trying to fuck off every night. Yeah. Let me say this. Let me, let me flip it around. Like then what if you don't get hit by the bus, right? But then you then you find yourself like... Well, sure, but I'm also not eating cookies every night. There you go. Right. right. Listen. But if there was a circumstance that needed some type of celebration, I'm damn sure celebrating. Guess what, Matt Vincent? I went out to dinner two weeks ago, and it was an Italian restaurant, and you bet your ass that I had no beef with... Let's go. Bring the, bring the cannolis. Yeah. Bring we'll, the espresso. We'll bring the us deal with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is a moment that I'm not missing. So we'll have tiramisu, yeah. we'll have the cannolis, and I'll have a double espresso and sambuca. But you know, but that's because you have the discipline the other times, right? That you're in control of it. Like I think that there's gas pedal and brakes. You need to know how to do both. Sometimes you lose control of the wheel, <laughs> the gas a little too hard. Yeah, right. Like I mean, so, and then the, and then the other side of it too. Like maybe we don't hit the fucking gas enough at times. I, I think plenty of people don't. I think plenty of people just sit on fucking idle. You know, guys like you, especially guys that I've met, you know, first responders, guys in these positions, those guys are all gas and don't have any concept of brakes. Never fucking learned right. how. That's right, dude. You know, so Didn't down regulation, any of that's fucking so important for people to learn. Figure out how to monitor and work their own machine. And there's a ton of tools that give you options to kick out of fight or flight so you can actually sleep, recover, let your brain get bored, fucking think of new ideas process there's a real psychology behind first responders and i'm going to say namely cops and why they party so hard i fucking bet it's a blow-off valve i think it's some of that but i also think that like we are such adrenaline junkies most of us that like the like it can't be just calm it's gotta be fucking wild well, it, it is, right? Like, it's yin and yang. Like, if you're going to have wild on the job, and it's going to be lunacy, and it's going to be really high stress and high demanding, people want to blow off steam to the equal way. 
And so exactly. that becomes the partying part, right? That you were doing this camaraderie with people that also fucking get what you're going through and like get the job. And so everyone in that department too, like these are all gas people. They're going to party the same way. Dude, I do love I think it. it's the most beneficial. Probably not. No. <laughs> do yeah. I think, do I think that that's who I am? Do I think that's what we've learned as a society as a way to properly process and blow off steam? Yeah, I do. Dude, I got to be honest with you. It's so interesting because we were in Greece. Uh, my friend Jay, she came with me and people who've been following the company for a while know who she is. She's my first videographer. And I like, I love, like, I love her. She's like my sister. Mm -hmm. And she, we just, she doesn't work for the company anymore, really. And, uh, but we are still like very, very close. So we, She's successful for a young girl and she's, you know, we do things together. We go places together and we enjoy each other's company tremendously until <laughs> we're in Greece. And like, until the party kicks off in Mykonos around 4.30, it's pretty much supposed to be relaxation, massages, infinity pools, you know? And dude, I'm like, we could not sit still. I'm like, yo, how fucking ridiculous is this that we can't, our bodies. Mm-hmm would not feel normal until those beats started hitting these these day parties like 4.30 in the afternoon. And I was like, I can't sit like this. Yeah, so like I quit going to vacations that are like that. Like I just, yeah. I'm not interested. Um, the other side of that too is, you know, that sitting still piece, right? With ADD and being an entrepreneur and go, go, go as much as I like it. Like I'm fucking all gas, man. I'm an athlete who wants to perform and do shit. And so something I'm going to do next year is this darkness retreat. Are you familiar with this? Tell me. So maybe I'll go with you. All right. It's in Oregon. Um, they do, they have a couple different places for them, but it's essentially five days in a room without any light. Hey, what, like, do they turn it on so you can eat and pee and poo? I mean, you get a day in the room, like to, you know, fill out where everything is and there's a toilet and there's a bathtub and there's a bathroom. And you know where everything is, and then when the lights go out, they're out. Can you like punch out and be like, all right, I'm done. Let me out. Fucking door's unlocked, man. There's a light switch in the room. You can quit whenever it's, you want. It's so uncomfortable for me that I love it. Same. Yeah. I've never been that bored. I've never just dealt with me for that long. Like, you know, you have dreams in that space, right? Or whatever it is. And like, you don't wake back up to reality. Like, you don't wake back up to seeing yourself in the room and catching your breath and figuring out where your bearings are. You fucking wake up to the void. Want to hear something crazy, dude? Yeah. I started my career as a corrections officer, right? So administrative segregation is, quote unquote, the whole. Mm -hmm. And you have, like, inmates would tell me a lot, like, you know, the whole, the whole is good for your mind. Sure. It's, like, good for your soul. Like, you really get to, like, if you listen to a lot of these speakers that have left prison and done these great things. Like they'll tell you, like it all came to them when they were in administrative segregation. So this, this lonely time of just having 15, 30 days to yourself, now almost uninterrupted. That? Who's had that? Inmates. Right. That's it. And that's where a lot of these inmates told me they found like they read like in some weird, obviously it's a horrible punishment or it's a horrible circumstance. Nobody's wants that. But on the other side of it, there was like some good that came out of that as nuts as it is. Well, I mean, pretty historically, right? Like is going back as far as we basically have knowledge of it. 
I mean, tribes or anyone else. I mean, that's the worst punishment you can do is seclusion and exile. But I think it's different deciding I'm going into it. Like a proactive choice to choose that instead of I'm forced to do it are very different mindsets for going into it. But for all the people I know that have taken on some big adventures internally, externally, or whatever that means, um, all of them have found the darkness to be one of the more challenging, rewarding that they've ever done. And if I'm interested in finding those things out about myself, which I am, you know, for spending five days in a room where I can sleep when I want to, I'm not cold. Like there's no danger involved with it. I don't have any risk, but the idea of how uncomfortable it makes me is something I'm really curious about. Mm. I went to uh, my meditation school with Emily Fletcher, wrote a book. Oh, she's, she's incredible, right? Yeah, dude, I love her. A few things and holy shit. She's one of those people that is a speaker and a presenter and a performer that like, Oh yeah. I just realized like, Oh, you're a black belt. This is what black belt level people who fucking talk to people look like. Well, she was a dual role actress on Broadway. Right. Yeah, of course. yeah, of course. And I know like, dude, I know her. Like I like, uh, I would consider myself to be a, like, you know, like I don't, yeah, I'm going to put her, I, I, I admire her as a human being. I don't think she's an A-list celebrity, although she is a meditation coach for many A-list celebrities. Mm-hmm. And billionaires have now pay her a fortune to come over and do. Um, I think that we're friends. You know, I, I certainly if I ran into her, like we, we've done a podcast. She's going to do the podcast again soon because I think she has another book coming out. But she talked about her retreats. You know, and you'll see if you follow her on Instagram. She is a wonderful human being. Yes, she is a. We did a uh, the day one. We had to do the ceremony where we all had to bring like fruit or flowers. Yeah. And she like sang an Indian like language and she's got a beautiful voice. She was a Broadway actress for many years. And she actually looks younger from the meditation. She lives, breathes and eats and shits meditation. It's everything. She's the best. I appreciate everything she's done. She's so compassionate. But yet the crazy thing is she's not afraid to drop the F-bomb. Nope. Right. Like you think she's like this, but she is. She's this. You know, hippie-ish type of girl. With, yeah, she is all those things. But she's also funny. And yeah. like, she's like, well, oh, that's fucking bullshit. Oh, she's I, you know, you sh- So, oh, very, very good speaker. But I think about when she told us how, I forgot how long they have to meditate. I'll ask her in the next podcast episode she does. But she went to a retreat. <laughs> I think they have to meditate for like 20 hours straight and can't mm-hmm. move. And she was telling us the story about how, like, uh, I don't know what they call them. The person who's, like, leading the meditation, like, the guru. Sure. Essentially said to her. Leader, whatever we want to call it. So I just remember the story she told us. And, dude, it's a very intimate group. There's, like, 20 of us. Mm-hmm. It's a big it's a big ticket item. It's $1,200 for her. I don't think she even does them anymore. And they were 1200 bucks then for a four-day course. And I, so, you know, I mean, at 20 people, she's making some some, some scratch. She ain't doing too bad. Sure. You know, so I went, uh, could have been, you know, I would say 20, 25 people in that class. And I, again, I, I heard her on impact theory first and then I read her book and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to this thing just because I, I'm not afraid of spending the money. I'm believe me, I'm not as fortunate as people think I might be, but I'm certainly more fortunate than a lot of people. No question about it, but I'm not 
as wealthy as people I think perceive me to be. So twelve hundred is not just some small number for me. Anywho, but she was telling me the story like how she was like continuing to move and make noise. And so the guy comes over. He's like, Emily, what are you doing? And she's like, and she's like, I was just so uncomfortable. And he's like, Emily, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Right. That's what it's, that's, that's what the whole thing's about. You can't, you got to stop. I think she was complaining to him and he's like, Emily, it's supposed to be, this is what it's designed to do. That's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be uncomfortable. Well, right. In that 20 hours, right? Again, we're not talking about danger. We're talking about discomfort. Oh, yes. And how long your body and brain will try to fucking lie to you that we can't keep doing this. And it's not true. Like, so, I mean, all these red flags pop up, right? And you either can build the ability to understand which ones are real because you've journeyed into that level of discomfort or you fail at the first flag. I mean, was it Nims Persia in 14 Peaks says something along the lines of like, most people, most people think they're fucked and they're really only about 40% fucked. Pretty good. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, that's pretty fucking dead on. You know, I always go back to this thing in my head of like when I think, and I talk about this all the time. I hate to sound like a broken record, but I just go back to me seeing somebody on their deathbed uh, with 10 hours left or three hours left or an hour left. And like when you think you're fucked, you're not fucked. They're fucked. It's the end. It's over. There's no, yeah. there's no, other, there's no more opportunity. There's no more chances. And I think the biggest thing we can live with is regret. And I wanted to get myself to a place where I wouldn't have any. And I'm pretty comfortable with the fact that I believe I have no regret right now. Yeah, there's some things. Um, yeah, there's probably some situations I would have handled differently, but I wouldn't say regret. That's right. Same thing, dude. How many girls I should have talked yeah, to? Yeah, and I, I guess didn't... that's such a shitty way to say it because it's not like I regret any of those things. I've fucked up tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking up's along the route. But like, for sure, dude. I don't have any feelings of like, oh man, I should have zigged when I zagged. I think regret for me is more like, I don't want to say I should have done something and didn't do it. No, I'm not interested. I take you know that back. I've got one. I've got one and I've recently thought about it. And it's, I really wish at say like 22 or 23 when I got out of college or right there at the end, <clears throat> I wish I would have had a year or some time to go travel and backpack through Europe for a bit with a buddy of mine and stay at hostels and meet girls and see the world and do all this at that age. 25 year old me would have been very or 22 year old me would have been very into that experience of sleeping in a shitty hostel and figuring things out day to day. 40 year old me has zero interest. I missed the window on that rad experience. Let me ask you this though. Did you even have that option? So it's not like I you made a decision on it. Dude. Well, I disagree. I believe I could have made that decision. Okay. If that would have been okay. a priority. Right. If that would have been a priority, I could have made money a different way. I could have saved money from the jobs I had instead of spending it on bullshit I was spending it on. I made choices that didn't allow me to take that fucking option. But if that would have been my priority over whatever else I decided success needed to look like at the time, that's the route I went. But to pretend like I couldn't have made that choice and figured out how to make it work if that would have been my number one goal above all else, bullshit. I could have figured it out. If that would have been my goal the whole time I was in college to take this year off to get to travel, I would have put money away differently. But it was a dream. It wasn't a goal. Those are fucking different. 
goals have plans. I didn't have any plan to accomplish that. I just thought it would be a cool experience. And I do think it would have been. I think it would have changed my life drastically. But with that said, I missed the window. Like, there's I have no two going regrets. To do- huh? I have two regrets when you're ready. All right. Uh, yeah, I guess you missed the window in some sense, but you know, you're here now doing pretty fucking good. Yeah, for sure. Look, I'm aware of it, you know, in other instances now too of I I really love getting to road trip and there's part of me that loves being nomadic and being on the road and spending months on end living that way. I don't know how much I'm interested in that when I'm 50. So if I'm interested in that, I should probably get to getting because I'm afraid that I'll run out on the back end now. Like I can see now that if there's stuff I'm drawn to that like, oh man, that ain't permanent. Like there's a window that the getting's good. Like Burning Man. I'd like to really go to Burning Man. I got invited to Burning Man this morning. No bullshit. Yeah, it's a probably great fucking time. I recommend I know the dates. I can tell you right now it's August 30th because I, I said to my friend Alex, he said, we're going to go for two weeks. I go, bro, I'm going to be in Arizona. It's a, a long time. <laughs> yeah, I said, I have four kids, dude. Right. So like <laughs> I can't. Two weeks is fucking crazy, man. I need five days. I think I need like uh two like a day, right? Like, I would just want to. S- I I would prefer to be able to say like I'm done with this, and then I would load my shit and leave. I would like to go for as long as that lasts. Yeah, like Mykonos was perfect. I I think a week there, uh, because it does get a little monotonous. There's only so much to do at like seven days. I was like, well, I'm I'm done. The body's done. This is a very big party place. Mm-hmm. I'm like the body's, done. and people are like, we're gonna go out drinking. I'm like, I don't have the energy. They're like, but come on. And I'm like, all right, let's go. No, I mean, so like brutal. Yeah, so it's br- you know, guys, we're in our forties. It's brutal, but maybe we'll go to fucking. Maybe we'll do the fucking black room thing. We'll go to fucking Burning Man next year. Yeah, man. I think I think both are interesting. I'm down with it, dude. It's always a little awkward when I'm in places like that, and like people find out who I am. They're like, "Wait, you're a cop?" And I'm like, "Dude, just fucking stop." Like, there you have a good time away from work. It's not even that. I mean, I'm not a cop anymore, but like, I'm not some like Nazi that you trump me up to be. I'm I'm the guy that you want out here, you know, cutting a new path for everybody to follow down. Trust me, I'm the guy. But um, we're, and we're, we're the company. We're the, not just me, it's the other people here as well. So here's regret one. And I, it's so weird what gets provoked in some of these conversations. I went to a Sweet 16 when I was either 15 or 16. I didn't know who it was. And I guess is it was Old Bridge, New Jersey. I had one friend who drove. We went there in his car. We rolled in like we were hot shit. Leather jackets, right? Like it was like, <laughs> like 1990 fucking six, right? Leather jackets were in. Uh, and we you're, walked you're in like, like we were older than me. I'll be 42 this year. So I was born okay, 81. Right on, two years. Yeah. So we rolled into the Sweet 16. And dude, there was a girl at this. When we walked upstairs, it was like, so we, we weren't even like invited. We just kind of crashed it. And it was like a nicer one, right? It's like, it must have been a nicer area, like maybe Monroe. I know, I forget where it was, but there was this beautiful girl. And every one of my friends, like, God damn, you see that? She was so hot. And she kept staring at me. And I was just so intimidated by her. And I just never mustered up the courage to even talk to her. Not that I was going to marry her, but dude, I think about that all the time. And I'm like, you knew she liked you, you dummy. I know she, I know when girls like me. I knew she was staring at me. I knew she, like, oh, everything was there. And I still didn't do anything with that. And to this day, I regret that. Out of all the things I've done, I regret that the most. Because I got to be honest with you, I almost never let that ever happen again in my life. 
Fucking good and, work. Yeah, I, I put a lot of work in, but that I think about. And the other one is, and this may surprise a lot of people, maybe not everybody, because if you ever go to one of my classes, pretty obviously that you're coming to a comedy show. But as a kid, I thought for sure I was going to be a stand-up comedian and I was going to do voiceovers. And I will reveal this for the first time publicly. And I fucking hate to do this because I know what it means in the back end. Most people don't know this except people who work in this office and my family and my close friends. I can do about 90 different voices flawlessly. Like, like you have like 90 characters or? <laughs> 90 characters that you're familiar with that if I do one, you're going to go, no, fuck. Like when I call people and I tell people that and they're like, and I'll do it. They're like, are you playing like a fucking recording? I'm like, no, that's me. Let's do this shit again, dude. Yeah, we, we've gone. We've gone a long time. We'll fucking just. We'll just put you on the calendar again. We'll fucking. We'll fuck around. We didn't. Even, we didn't even scratch the surface yet. Yeah, I'd love that. Do we just become best friends? Yeah, dude, I'm totally down, man. I'd. Do we just become best friends? Right? Yeah, let me know, man. I'd love to come back on. I've got plenty of wild ass stories on my end, traveling around the world doing weird shit. In my mind, when I see you, I get attractive Kevin Smith, right? Like attractive Kevin Smith. That works. I've been yeah, called yeah. a shitload worse, man. Yeah, yeah, like. The hat backwards, right? Like the fucking yeah. the, the the beard. You kind of resent. It's got that 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 silent Bob feel a little yeah, bit to it right Bob. now. I like that, like an attractive silent Bob. That's I'll right. add that to my favorite list of compliments. You know, um, do you know Bert Soren? That sounds familiar. So he owns a uh, Soren X exercise equipment. Okay, they've been friends a long time. Make fucking radish chip equipment on Earth, um, and um. Bert said to me at one time, he's like, I've always just been amazed by your athleticness, despite your lack of leanness. <laughs> it's like, fuck, man, that's, that's a really interesting compliment. <laughs> you ever see like a fat dude who can like ball really well? That was me. Bro, like Kevin James. You ever see Kevin not, James? Not like so much basketball, right? But like at 318, I could still do a standing backflip. That's insane. That's like that that trending video that fat kid on the on the like the high dive who does like flips fucking, and shit. It could have easily been me. Did you ever see that guy? He's like oh, four hundred and fifty yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fucking. I missed the window of all my high level athletic movements before the internet became popular. <laughs> I want, <laughs> dude. I wonder if that dude doesn't lose weight because he loses identity with the weight. Like you know the the, dude, you know the actor tough. that just lost like three hundred pounds. That guy. He was tuna in blow. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He just lost like what I don't know, like three hundred pounds. He's lean. He's like ripped. Like, do you lose your who you were as a um, as an actor? Ethan Supple, uh, Suppy, Suppy, something like that. I think is his name. Um, I think that's the same guy. But dude, I bet there's a lot tied to it. You know, especially sure. if you've been getting roles and you're doing this and you're known as a big guy. I mean, I mean, I know plenty of dudes who get caught up in the identity of of strength, right? That like, oh man, I'll never let myself get under a four hundred five bench, despite like, what the fuck are you still doing, man? Um, you're not healthy. Right. Like, at, right. at what point was the goal of this? Was the goal of this to hold max strength the rest of your life, or was it to ever find out what max strength could be? And so, yeah, people, people struggle with the identity piece, especially being a big one, man. You can out drink most people, you out eat most people, you are able to do all things America loves. Dude, I, I think about that a lot. And people, like a, that guy, I think about like, does he lose his identity because he's now somebody completely different? No, and is that new version, obviously it's a healthy version. It's probably a healthy version for him mentally and obviously physically. But like, I wonder how much fear there was tied to the, and, and, but are there going to be more roles or is he putting that 
now behind him and moving on to something different and acknowledging that it's a real likelihood or a possibility, maybe not a real likelihood, but a possibility that that may happen. Yeah, I mean, it's very possible it could, right? Like, it seems like the focus has been his podcast and stuff with American Glutton and everything he's done. Um, but I mean, for the same instance, right? Like, how many writers, how many comedians, how many people think their alcoholism or anything like that is part of the gig? That, like, oh, God, right. I couldn't create if I don't drink. And so there's identity tied to this broken part of you. Dude, you know what I like the best about you is that I don't get to meet many people that make make me think. I appreciate that. You make me think, dude. It's a very, very for me. I feel like we're we're two Seth Godins going at it. Right on. Uh, you you fuck with Seth Godin, you must. Um, I'm not as familiar, no. Dude, listen to me. I promise you, you're gonna thank me for this. Seth Godin is a best-selling New York Times, I think he has nine bestsellers. Okay. He's the what? He's the godfather of marketing, Seth Godin, S-C-T-H-G-O-D-I-N. Yep, I'm going to Audible now. What I suggest that you do, his podcast, I think you should hold off on at the moment. Uh, it's called Akimbo. It's a very good podcast, but I think you need to get familiar with Seth. It's called and Akimbo? I think, yeah, but hold off on that for a second. Uh, right. I'm just trying to think that that triggered something. I think that the best versions of Seth for me are when Seth is being interviewed. What um, so? Let me give what, you. A, what, let me give you a place what, what, where I think you, you throw should... at me first. Okay. Episode one zero two seven of Lewis Howes' School of Greatness. Mm -hmm. Seth Godin on that yeah, is, I think, flawless. Right. I think if you go on YouTube and you search Seth Godin linchpin, there is a video of him on stage, and it's older, but it is unbelievable. I think that Seth Godin might have every answer in the world to everything, and I don't think he misses ever. I don't think he oh, misses man, ever. I, it's, it's neat hearing people like that. There's always oh, brother. so many different interesting thinkers. I, I, you know, I don't think he misses. Myself Dude, I don't think he misses at all. And I also think at the same time, you learn a lot about compassion, non-judgment, and understanding others. And I don't know if there's, like, if I had to meet or spend an hour with anybody in this world who's still living, I'm probably going to say it's going to be Seth Godin. Whoa. All right. Because dude, this guy, bro, like you have to listen to some of his shit and you can go on YouTube and just get him into a place. And you know, you're just like, you're listening, you're listening. You're like, Oh fuck. That's really smart. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. I haven't heard him. I haven't disagreed with one thing he said yet. Right on. Yeah. I will definitely give it a go, man. You're going to love it, dude. I Because the way you think, I wouldn't prescribe that to a lot of people, mm -hmm. but the way you think it's... Yeah, dude, I it's, mean, the current stuff I'm listening to, I'm, I'm kind of rotating between three books. Tell me. I've got... Uh, the Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need by Andrew Cap. Okay. Um, I have Out of Your Is that the updated by... version of the Law of Attraction? Um, so it's just another guy's take on it. Okay, gotcha. Which I do, I do like Andrew Capp's version. Um, Out of Your Mind by Alan Watts, and I'm reading The Art of Impossible by Stephen Coulter. Coulter. I've heard it. Yeah, I haven't, I, I've heard the name. I haven't read any of the books. Uh, the book that I'm on now, do I have my phone with me? Let's see what's in the old Audible game here. No, man, uh, Alan Watts has been a fun one. He's a interesting thinker. He does a very, very good job of 
sharing his very deep wealth of knowledge regarding kind of Eastern philosophy in a way that's pretty manageable for Western thinking. Here's a good one you'll like as an entrepreneur. And my one of my very, very successful friends gave it to me, The Psychology of Money. Mm. He listens to it three. Have you heard that one? I have heard that one. Yeah. You, have you listened to it or read it? At I, all? I'm familiar with the book. No, I have not listened to it. He gave me this one. I, I think everybody, you know, people always ask me for book recommendations. I know I read a lot of books, but I always say back to them, like, where are you at in life? What do you think right. you need to hear? Right. Um, Psychology of Money is excellent. I... This book is so good that I, I recommend it to everybody. It's The Adult Children of Emotionally Mature Parents. Other books that I just bought that I haven't gotten to is Indistractable by uh, Near e, uh, Julie Lee. Near Isle and Julie. I don't know. I, I think somebody recommended that. Um, other ones that I finished. Have you have you messed around with The uh, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? Very oh, yeah. big. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, Relentless by Tim Grover is unbelievable. That's another great one. Yeah. Tim Grover's a stud, man. Yeah, he's very good. Some of the ones I got, I, I'm not downplaying you, how good these books are. I'm a little past some of these books. So one is Grit by Angela Duckworth. And the other one is Atomic Habits by James mm -hmm. Clear. I'm, they are not doing anything for me anymore. Because Atomic, I'm past Atomic that. Habits is a great early, early move. I yeah, mean, it's for, an early for, move, dude. If you're new and you want to... With, yeah, the Atomic Habits, The Four Agreements, and um, yeah, there's another one that I, I hammer people with uh, that I love. Why is it escaping me? Oh, um, Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. You know, those cool. three are fucking great. Like, if you're trying to change your mindset and look at a different way of seeing the world and operate your perspective differently, I think those are great starts. I think the two best books by Seth Godin, which I think you're going to fucking, probably one of the first five books that I read was Purple Cow. Okay. Lynchpin, and I'll follow up with The Dip. All right. And and they're, dude, like Lynchpins. I think Lynchpin, everybody should read because it talks about what it means to be somebody who's irreplaceable and what that what your value is to other people, you know, in the name of the workforce where you don't want to be replaceable. Right. That's the bottom line. And, um, you got to check that shit out, dude, and follow up with me. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm into all that, right? Like, <clears throat> that's why there's smarter people out there. Like, I have more access in my pocket to information than any person who's ever lived. And I can either waste it or I can use it to my advantage. The information in my pocket doesn't have any feeling about it. Dude, how about this? Before you go, um, are you promoting anything? What's your podcast? How can they find yeah, you? Yeah, so my podcast yet. is uh, Not Dead Yet. My brand is Not Dead Yet. My mentorship group is Not Dead Yet Life. I've got an upcoming retreat, October 20 through 23rd. Um, it's Where's that one at? It's here in St. Louis. So it's a okay. men's hard reset. So the idea of it is getting this time away to actually get some clarity, focus on some new tools of breath work, cold, hot, using the sauna, cold plunge. Uh, journaling and some of the other tools I've done as well as we do some physical stuff like training as well as uh, hike outdoors, some time to kind of push ourselves and kind of get into this closed container where we can actually communicate. What do you want and get out of the fucking autopilot that you've been on? So get a chance to work with guys on that. I really love, um, I write a little bit here and there, but yeah, those are mostly the places you can find me. You got a website? Uh, yeah. Not dead yet.com. There you go. Did you see that already? Yeah, I think so. Okay, whatever. I just didn't want to miss, dude. No worries. It felt terrible. Yeah, no worries. 
It's been a real pleasure, brother. Thank you. Dude, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I look Bye. forward to getting a text from you. Hey guys, check out our upcoming training at streetcop.com. Don't forget, we have 50 instructors nationally teaching a variety of topics. These are the best classes you're going to experience in your career. We make sure of it. You're going to love it. I guarantee you, you're going to be thankful that you went. Check us out at streetcop.com for all upcoming classes in your area.